Trump rises, crypto crashes, Garland passes, and Musk gives Trump a pass. All of that on this week's Richard Bay Talk. I'm Richard Bay, along with my producer, Albert Reynoso, who was upset that I'm not going to be covering what he believes is the biggest story of the week, which is uh, gutter, the, the soccer tournament, right? That's the gutter. Biggest. Is that how you pronounce it? Well, consider, <laughs> considering how they treat people, I would say, yes, it is. Okay, well, <laughs> it is better. Issue, so I would I would go along with Colin. Okay, all right. So yeah. we're not going to, listen, you know how I feel. I've uh, Football, I've never yeah, seen one game. I've never seen a soccer game either, so I'm not going to talk about that. So nothing about, how about uh, we, we're back at the moon as of 7.44 this yeah, morning. All right, that's a good um, story. I don't have much, that's a good thing. I don't have much yeah. more to say about it. Okay, but remember... Uh, before the election, every day the uh, cable news networks were going, well, what's the biggest issue uh, for voters? Is it uh, the economy? Is it going to be inflation? Is it going to be abortion? Is it going to be saving American democracy? Well, the one thing they didn't cover is what Republicans believe is the biggest issue. Hunter Biden. <laughs> yes. That's going to be their first investigation is Hunter Biden. You know what? Hunter Biden should declare that he's running for president and then say, uh, since I'm running for president against my father, uh, you can't investigate me because I'm a presidential candidate. I don't think he'll he'll do that. Um, but um, down in Georgia, they've identified a new issue, um, you know, uh, that voters uh, should take seriously. Remember the Seinfeld episode where uh, Jerry and George were debating who would win in a fight, Superman versus Batman? Well, in Georgia, Herschel Walker made some political comments about werewolves and vampires. And who would win in the fight? Take a look at this. Watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Sweet Night, or some type of night, but it's about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people, are they not? But I'm telling you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire, did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore, I want to be a werewolf. You gotta have faith in this country, you gotta have faith in this in the elected official. And right now, that's the reason I'm here. Because God has brought his warrior, and I'm that warrior that y'all been looking for for a long time. Wait, 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 wait. God is on the side of the werewolves. Hmm. That's the first time I've heard that. And this whole warrior for God running for Congress, isn't that, uh, I thought that was Ron DeSantis's act. You know, people are jumping on this now. I'm not only a politician, but I am a warrior of God. I'm putting on the armor of God as I, as I walked into the political arena. Um, and people seem to be upset now that, you know, Elon Musk, he bought Twitter. Yeah. And that he's allowing Trump to come back. Does anybody really care if Trump is on Twitter? Well, I mean, what's the big freaking deal? Trump has already said, no, I'll stay on my own truth social site. But so what if he's on Twitter? You know, uh, this week uh, when Trump found out 
that Garland had appointed a special prosecutor to look into the uh, uh, two scandals, one uh, about the documents at Mar-a-Lago and the other about his involvement in the conspiracy to overthrow the election. Um, Trump, I mean, I saw several clips of his reaction, and one of them, it looked like, he's going, I'm the victim. Oh, I'm a victim. And it reminded me of somebody else who almost broke into tears about being a victim. Another person who was a real tough he-man, full of braggadocio, until the moment that people turned on him. Um, I think you'll recognize the other guy. Take a look at this. Do bad things to the greatest movement. They want to do bad things to the greatest movement in the history of our country, but in particular, bad things to me. But I've gotten used to it. It's lucky. It's lucky. A lot of people wouldn't get used to it so easily. Let me get this straight. And, and everybody watching and everybody in the studio should hear it. Andrew Clay is a guy that came out here about 10 years ago and he broke his ass. You know what I mean? Broke his ass, he believed in himself, became the hottest comic in the world. And anybody that doesn't like it could wipe their ass with whatever they say about me. Because I always believe that you could take yourself and put yourself. <laughs> now I get choked up because uh, you put yourself where you want to be. And uh, no, I'm. Put yourself where you want to be. And I broke my ass for 12 years. I mean, you could take Andrew Dice Clay's speech and transpose it with Donald Trump's. Uh, he should probably say you could take your indictments and wipe your ass with it. And I don't think anybody would be surprised. The only difference is people were laughing at Andrew Dice Clay while he was... Uh, I, I guess, mourning his own victimhood, and they don't laugh at Donald Trump. But some people have turned away from Trump. But have you noticed something strange? I keep listening. They won't mention his name. They'll say, well, it's time to move on. Oh, we have to have a new direction. Oh, the Republican Party has to look to the future. Um, but they don't they don't want to mention Trump's name. Uh, Chris Christie said it's like a Voldemort in the Harry Potter where you can't mention the, the bad guy's name. Um, and even Bill Barr, who thinks that Trump is guilty of crimes and has said he's likely to be indicted. When he was asked, uh, well, if he runs again, will you vote for him? And he said, and he said he might. I mean, what is it with these people? What about Lindsey Graham? I haven't heard very much from him about Donald Trump. And and, and maybe he is suffering a, a post-traumatic shock 
from this experience. Take a look at this. We're in the airport with Lindsey Graham here, guys. He's being called a traitor. You are a traitor, Lindsey Graham. A traitor. Yeah, you pissed on that He is being escorted out of the airport right now, or at least out of here. Is it the rest of his life? I wonder. Do you think those sorts of people are still... Albert, do you think that if he turned against Trump, that those sorts of people are still out there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you think so. Absolutely. Think so. Yeah. And so he, there is some fear, justifiable fear, in these people if they turn against Trump now uh, too obviously or mention his name or have a, a serious condemnation of uh of him and how he is obsolete uh at this point in american politics the right? fanatics aren't going away the fanatics aren't mm -hmm. going away they just was... get stronger thinking that uh, that that everybody else is doing the wrong thing and we have to push harder yeah well there was a guy arrested in north carolina just a few days ago uh for threatening an fbi agent and and saying that the fbi was uh, was against maga mm -hmm. and that uh, he was going to kill fbi agents and he's been under arrest so yeah maybe maybe the, those sorts of people are still out there i guess there's still people going to he hasn't had like one of those giant rallies since all of this came down right or or has he not not a giant rally but he's been at rallies uh yeah he, he was at, candidates yeah all right well, well same thing. and you well, you know you live you live in the same place i do and yeah. you see the pickup truck still with the massive banners that say that's true and, and they don't say uh whatever the uh, brandon let's go brandon they say fuck joe biden so right. there were people out there still who I know, but there's still Ron uh, Ron DeSantis has to get some kind of baseball cap with a slogan on it. You know, he doesn't have that yet. Not yet. All right. All right. But uh, Lawrence Tribe, who's one of the most estimable uh, constitutional scholars in the country, uh, when um, Jack Smith, that's his name, the independent prosecutor, was appointed by Merrick Garland, he said. Jack Smith didn't leave his job as a war crimes prosecutor in The Hague to preside over a non-case. And of course, people are debating, was this necessary? Um, should he have done it? Will it prolong uh, the inevitable, which many people believe is an indictment, at least, at least on some of the charges? But the, the investigation has already taken place at DOJ. I mean, uh, uh, the investigator 
the prosecutor, the new guy, he he has to look over the evidence, but a lot of it has already been gathered. So uh, this week, people did investigate and learned that, well, a lot of of what was thought to be true in this country concerning money and the stability of money was a con job. Um, Elizabeth Holmes, remember her with Theranos? I mean, I always said, she's so hot. <laughs> well, she's got a boyfriend. Calm down. Take a cold shower. But um, but how did people fall for that? There was <laughs> there was no evidence that it ever worked. You know how people fall for that for the same reason that they fall for anything that comes on Facebook or Twitter because they don't check. They yeah. just believe stuff that comes into their inbox. It's like Harold Hill going to Iowa and saying, uh, yeah. "I'm a professor of music, and here's a." In the end, they 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 play a classical sound, but it's awful, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the townspeople start crying. Oh, this is wonderful! Mm -hmm. Oh, listen to this. It's a, uh, you know, it's like the New York Philharmonic. Mm -hmm. uh, so people want to believe. They also wanted to believe that cryptocurrency was this new world. And then this week it was uncovered that FTX, one of the crypto clearing houses, I mean, <laughs> the guy that was appointed to oversee this, he said, there's nothing here. I, they don't have records. They have no oversight. I don't even know how many people or who are the people that worked for this. These are the two people that ran FTX. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to give them $34 billion? <laughs> I mean, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. And then the commercials. I mean, I, I listen, I'm no expert on crypto. I know it's, I don't know, to me, it's sort of like the Dutch tulip craze. Do you remember that at one point in Holland, a tulip appreciated in value to the point where the flower, you could buy a house on a canal with one flower. It's very much like that. It's speculation right. based on yeah. really nothing. It's based, there's no, nothing underneath it all. Mm -hmm. so there's no foundation to it, okay? Right. So, uh, but once I saw the commercials on television, I said, oh boy, this is going to go down fast. Once they advertise this on TV. And there was one where a daughter is talking to her mother. And I don't know why I, I, as I, as you see this commercial, I thought she was, she was priming her mother to take all of her retirement money and put it in crypto. In fact, there were commercials. Hey, your retirement money isn't, uh, isn't building. It isn't growing. Take it and put it into crypto. Take a look at this commercial. You know, I've been watching you and I'm very proud of the woman you've become. My little butterfly is spreading her wings into the future. And that's why I want to give you a few shares of my Grayscale funds. Wait, this is about crypto? Yes. Grayscale offers so many different digital currency funds. They're a leader. And I want to give you the best, Mom. You deserve the best. I don't think the mother looks like she's sold. I love that when she goes, wait, 
this is about crypto? <laughs> I just hope she didn't take the rest of her retirement money and put it into crypto. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, well, certainly, you know, there are tens of millions of young people who follow Kim Kardashian's advice. She posted online this, uh, you know, this message. Can we look at the Kim Kardashian message, please? Do we have that? No? It's a picture? There we go. Uh, let's see. Are you guys into crypto? This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. Okay. Uh, so Kim Kardashian, she posted that online and uh, she just had to pay uh, almost a $1.3 million fine because she didn't reveal that she was paid $250,000 to post that information for her friends. But, you know, to be fair, she said, this is not financial advice. She said, I just heard it from some friends of mine. And she did. They were so friendly. They gave her $250,000. And uh, <laughs> then there was, the, this is the commercial that, that I said, crypto is over. It was, and I saw it everywhere. It, they played it in the movie theater before the movie. It was on every cable channel. It was on regular broadcast TV. And I still have no idea how much money they paid him. Matt Damon, take a look at this. Ones who embrace the moment and commit. And in these moments of truth, these men and women, these mere mortals just like you and me as they peer over the edge they calm their minds and steal their nerves with four simple words that have been whispered by the intrepid since the time of the romans fortune favors the brave Matt Damon should be forced to make a new commercial that says fortune disfavors the gullible. Um, you know, Matt Damon should be ashamed of himself, you know, for that commercial and for all those people. I mean, I'm hearing today and I read in the Wall Street Journal, these people who put 2000, they put their vacation funds into crypto. And it's not just this FTX um, that first thing I showed you, which was that crypto exchange, they're down by 40%. So uh, people are losing money left and right. I don't know whether this is going to grow to be as large as the Madoff scandal, but, and I'm certainly no financial expert. Uh, in the, uh, what were you going to say, Albert? Well, I was going to say, but it's no different from what you just said. People just take the information and believe it. You, you said before the show started, you, you said to me, I don't even know how crypto works. I've been saying that for years. If we don't know it and we deal with news every day, how are these people putting their money into crypto? How much could they know? It's salesmanship. And it's, it's salesmanship and it's mass hysteria. But let me give you another example. Yeah. I, I went to high school with a guy, his sister was my very first girlfriend. I, in fact, I've known him since junior high school. In high school, um, he was the president of the senior class. I was the vice president of the school. And just coincidentally, 
We went to a place called Far Rockaway High School, which is also the alma mater of Bernie Madoff and Ruth Madoff, who also <laughs> went to that high school. So, you know, I, I used to be what I would consider wealthy. And he came to me at one point in time and said, listen, I have a fund. It's all safe. He said, the big advantage is you can use it as a bank. So if you put your money in here, I didn't put it in there thinking I, I was going to make a lot. It, it had about 8% growth in a year. It wasn't something that would knock you over or change your life. But it was convenient uh, because at one point I had to buy a car. And I said, hey, can you run a cashier's check over to the garage as the mechanic examines the car? And a cashier's check came over. At another point, I had to quit my job at WWRL. Um, you know, the Department of Education was about to throw Kyle into the trash heap of the educational system, a place called District 75. And his 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 elementary school teacher came to me and said, Mr. Bay, you can't allow this to happen. They're going to eat him up and spit him out alive there. It's full of drug addicts. It has a 15% graduation. So I went to uh, Rennie Bishop, my boss at RL, and I said, listen, I, I could maybe save this kid's life. So I quit the job. I went online. I researched federal law about... Um, um, educational uh, responsibilities for the handicapped. And I went into, um, it's not exactly suing them, mediation with the Department of Education. Six months later, I took Kyle every day, um, uh, you know, or not every day, three days a week to Sylvan Learning to show that he was educable. I sat with him every night and made him read for a half an hour. He went to summer school. I went every five days a week to drop him off, pick him up at summer school and get a note from his teacher. And I said, every time I get a good note, I'll take you to a roller coaster, which he loved. And I did that. So I did that for a year. But in order to do that, I had to call this guy, Bill Landberg, and ask him to put $6,000 into my account uh, every month. So for a year, I just had this money. It was all very convenient until it wasn't. And then all of a sudden, I went to bed and I was wealthy and I woke up and I had $200 in my wallet and uh, $3 in my bank account. And eventually he went uh, to prison, Lewisburg prison, for only three and a half years. There was $72 million, not in this account, not of course mine. And a lot of it was from old people who were using this as retirement money. And since that happened in 2009, not one investor has received one cent back, including me. Now, the Madoff people, they got 60% of their money back. But I always describe that situation as that we survived the Titanic and were rescued by pirates. The money went out to new lawyers, to a new guy that jumped in to take over, uh, to clean it up. And eventually they declared bankruptcy. And then there's a receiver and he gets a hundred grand a year. So, you know, don't take financial advice from me. But, you know, that was based not upon belief. It was based upon trust. I'd known this guy 
since we were like 15 years old. His his sister was my girlfriend. I'd been in his house with his parents and his family. And I'll tell you this, when it comes to money, I won't trust anybody anymore. I trust people for some things, but not when it comes to money. All right. So salesmanship. I showed you those commercials. What do we have? Six minutes left. Okay. I showed you those commercials. Now, every male bay in my family was a salesman. When I was a little kid, I used to cut my father had these trophies that were, I don't know. I remember them as six feet tall, but they were probably more like four feet tall. He was the salesman of the year. He sold encyclopedias. Um, his brothers sold used cars. They sold coffee to businesses with coffee machines to put in there. So America runs on salesmanship. And uh, the problem is sometimes you get sold a bill of goods <laughs> instead of a product that works. So I, I sold things. I, was, um, I did infomercials. But I'll tell you when, after you watch them, um, you know, where I drew the line. And uh, after I did my first infomercial, I was, I'd been fired from a job. <clears throat> I was out of work for about eight, eight months, 10 months. And I did this infomercial and it was very lucrative. And then one of my, one of my old producers who now worked at Sally Jesse Raphael, he called me and said, uh, I was so embarrassed to see you on television and in, a, in an infomercial. And I said, well, would you be more embarrassed if you saw me on a street corner with a tin cup <laughs> trying to pay the rent? Um, and guess what? About a year later, Sally Jesse Raphael was hosting an infomercial. So, yes, I have sold things myself. And uh, after you watch this, I'll tell you, uh, you know, about what happened. Take a look at this. Not so bad. That's a life force, and I'll tell you. And losing weight, let me tell you something. All these... <laughs> All right. Oh, man! Now I feel great! I'm ready to go dancing! Whoa! Woo! Wait a second. I gotta say something, too. That tasted good! But what you drank now, Richard, is in your bloodstream right now, through the liver, being carried, first of all, to the brain to wash and bathe the brain and re-oxygenate the brain cells. Oh, yeah, and bring the nutrients to every cell. Yeah. Isn't it possible, though, the fact that you believe, and certainly you have this tremendous power mm -hmm. of belief, mm -hmm. that you believe this will all work, sure. makes it work for you? Sure. You, uh, to, have that, to have that mental attitude is a terrific thing, to have hope and, and build your body, but common sense is a thing. This program-length commercial is brought to you by Synchronol. This woman is one of the fastest rising stars on Broadway. She has a million-dollar smile. And that's because she's learned how to conquer a problem that affects almost all of us. Stained yellow teeth. But she didn't need to spend a million dollars for that smile. 
and she didn't need to go to her dentist either. That's because she's found an inside secret, which now everyone can share. Hi, I'm Richard Bay. Oh, <clears throat> you are really terrific in the show. Oh, thank such you. Such a beautiful lady. And Brad, you have such a beautiful smile. I'll bet <laughs> that smile gleams all the way to the back of the theater every night. How did you get it? Well, Richard, uh, I got my smile the old-fashioned way. I just paid a lot of money for it. <laughs> you paid a lot of money? Yeah, about $10,000 over the years. $10,000? Mm. Oh, but you spent a lot of time in the dentist chair, huh? Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Mm. I'll bet you don't want to talk about it. Both of you have such great smiles, though. We could have the battle of the Broadway stars here. <laughs> How much money did you spend for your smile, that smile that sparkles across to the audience of City of Angels every uh, night. Uh, Richard, I spin next to nothing. I use magic white. Magic white? Mm -hmm. Now that's uh, an oxygen bleaching process, right? I sing my solo and uh, smile a big smile in City of Angels every night and it, magic white really makes them shine. It's amazing how white and bright it makes my teeth. It gives me a lot of confidence. Oh, your teeth look great. Oh, thank you. Now, with this process, you don't have to go to a dentist. You can use this at home, right? Uh, yes. Uh, it takes three minutes a day. Uh, tastes like mint. Where do you get it? Now, hold on, Brad. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. And we're also going to show you how magic white works, and we're going to introduce you to the dentist who developed magic white. All right. So, uh, listen, the juice man juicer... It, in the first year, it pulled in $70 million. Uh, Magic White, I, you know, I don't know what the final sales figures were, but I, I made $100,000 for two days' work on that commercial. But today, uh, all over TV, there's a company selling uh, fruit and vegetable juices to you. And that juicer, I will tell you this today, that juicer was great. It was so easy to clean. It was so easy to make juice. And I used it myself. And uh, Magic White, too, was a, uh, was a process that we use at home all the time now. They, that was only the first uh, commercial to promote it. So sometime later, these two infomercials, they were two of the first infomercials. And I do apologize for unleashing infomercials on the world. I mean. It's not something I'm I'm proud of, but it's not something I'm ashamed of either. It's salesmanship. Um, but then I got a phone call, and you probably do remember this. They used to have psychic lines all over the TV commercials. Dean Warwick became a multi-multi-millionaire uh, from her psychic line. But I got a phone call from a company, and the woman told me, Philip Michael Thomas, you know, he was... Um, he was the cop that wasn't Don Johnson on Miami Vice. He had been promoting their psychic line, and he did very well in the first year or two, but he was dropping off. And she said, Mr. Bay, we've done some research, and among our customers, you are the most credible person on daytime television. And she said, our, our customers believe in you to tell the truth. And I said, uh, for a psychic line, I said, who are your customers? They're, they're poor, black, and Hispanic uh, people, right? And he, she said, well, yes, black and Hispanics are our major customer base. And I said to her, she said, 
Oh, and but I got to mention this. She said, Philip Michael Thomas made a million dollars in his first year. We'll give you points and a base salary as well. And I think you'll do a lot better than he did. And I said, listen, when I did the Juice Man Juicer, it made juice. It worked. It was easy to clean. Juice is good for you. When I did Magic White, it had ingredients that would make your teeth whiter. It actually did work. I said, I don't believe somebody can tell your fortune over the telephone. And she said to me, we're talking about a million dollars, Mr. Bay. And I said, it doesn't matter if you're talking about $10 million. I said, I can't sell something that I, I know is a scam. I just can't do it. And uh, I could have used that million dollars, but I, I can't do it. I couldn't do it. So anyway. Should have done it. <laughs> a, little, a little advice there. Should have done it. A psychic line? Why not? Uh, no, no. You're, no. you're, you're just a, a professional. That's all. No. You're no. not. You're ah, okay. All right. <laughs> but, I, I don't think I should have. I have no regrets in saying no. Although my life would have been a lot different. I probably would have given the million dollars to that guy that I knew from high school who lost everything that I had in the bank. <laughs> anyway, that's the way the world turns. Thank you so much for joining me again today on Richard Bay Talk. I do appreciate it. I would really like it if you would subscribe if you would share this on Facebook or in other places and say so many nice things about us to your friends. And I hope to see you again next week. And as always, all my best. Take care.